Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. How are you all doing I'm doing awesome. It's an awesome week here at the Metal Forge. Got some cool stuff coming up. But first, I have Mina Walker here, and she is from the band Cramp from Spain. Super cool stuff. Like, this this episode was a while in the making because it was a deal for me where I wanted to reach out a couple of years ago when I first heard of the band through, like, Instagram when I opened up the Metal Forge podcasting page on there, you know, you know, at Metal Forge Radio. And I didn't get a chance to, and like things went wicked crazy, and all of a sudden it was just like bam, 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 and here it is two years later, and it's like, holy hell, what has happened, you know, with like time? It has just like went crazy fast the last couple of years. Because, you know, here we are now. This is episode 186. 186. Wow. That's a lot. And I'm glad that she's here. We're going to be talking with her momentarily. We're also going to be talking with Athena because she's back in the Metal Forge studio with a new Metal Mischief. 
And that's going to be interesting as well, because I'm excited for it, because I love doing in-studio stuff. And hopefully, in the next few weeks, I will have some awesome news. I've got a lot of things cooking right now, and a lot of cool guests coming up. And hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, I will have some kick-ass news for you all. And it's... Just cross your fingers... Cross your toes, do whatever you got to do, because I'm hoping, and it's exciting coming up. But yeah, so how is everything? You know, um, it, it it never ceases to amaze me how things happen. You know, whether it be, you know, just whatever, and then all of a sudden something's either not there or it's like, wow, when did that happen? Holy crap! You know. So, like, if you all are interested in an interesting, like, rabbit hole YouTube, or not even YouTube for that matter, well, it might be YouTube because there's already been people talking about making a documentary of this. Uh, the Irate Fest here in Louisville, that was, this was going to be the first year for it. Apparently, the promoter did some shady stuff, and, well, just get on Facebook and uh, if you want and look up the uh, irate fest, Kentucky irate fest do not support page and oh my gosh it is insane the stuff that is going on is wicked crazy like there was some some uh, stuff exposed about the promoter and a few bands playing Wow it is intense and somebody's already talking about making a documentary about it which is insane so yeah so check it out have some fun get your popcorn ready because <laughs> it's great it's like it's like if TMZ were like in your face in your, in your in your front door kind of stuff so it's fun but you know i really do wish that something like that could have actually happened on a uh, even even though I do not like to say the word local on the show, this instance I am going to say it. I wish that actually were able to happen on a local level. My only concern, other than the garbage with the promoter and the and the and the band that was like, bleh, yeah, that guy. Uh, other than that, the only thing that I didn't care for about it, it was 80-something bands over three days. And it's that thing. It's that fest, that fuck, ah, that freaking 14-day festival thing, you know? It's like, I don't get it. It's not me. It's not for me. But I know it's so much for other people out there because, hey, why not? You know, it's more, more power for your money, more bang for your buck, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, so... Check it out. I hope you enjoy it. It's just... I, I wonder what make people tick sometimes. That's all I have to say, really. So, let's go ahead and check in here with Athena and Metal Mischief. Misfits and miscreants. Bangers and mashers. Deviants. And the deviated, the tormented, and the fermented, ghouls and goblins, creatures of the night, Jack, those headphones, crank the volume to max, spark it up, and just relax. 
it's time for your deadly dose. Welcome to the next installment of Metal Mischief. Part one, the story of the mysterious musicians. No, this is not a Scooby-Doo thing. I know. Like, I got, Zoinks. Zoinks. I just kind of thought that when I was writing it, actually. I was like, oh, <laughs> kind of like Scooby-Doo. Anyway, <laughs> on today's lineup, Boating with their new album, Circular Ruins. So, if you tune in regularly, you will hear this spiel out of me every now and then. I hunt down these amazing metal bands. And then when I try to find out any information about them or about their new album, there's nothing to find. These amazing bands exist with little to no information. When I do reach out, sometimes it takes days, weeks, until I hear anything back. So, you know, then the time has passed. I've already done the review and everything, and I have no problem going back and, like, you know, giving people their props and everything and giving their credit where it's due, of course. But it's just kind of frustrating, you know, when I want to go learn stuff about bands and get to know it a little bit better, and there's not a lot out there. And I know everybody leads, like, these crazy busy lives and everything, and I get that. But, you know... I'm a sponge when it comes to music. Like, just give me all the information, you know? So you can just, like, imagine my frustration when I could find next to nothing about boating. I do know that they are, I mean, they're they're doom. They're not doomy, 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 but they're, it's really good doom metal. You just I do, started singing the doom song. I almost did, actually. I almost went Zim there. Like, you know, or Gur, I should say. I'm going to sing the Doom song now. Oh, see, I still ended up doing it. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. (laughs) Glad I could help. Yeah. (laughs) I do know that they are from Brighton, UK. The label is independent, and it was released on August 16th, 2022. But beyond this, I am at a complete loss for any other information. So, if you have been listening in the background, you can hear what I am drooling over and why I just want to get to know these guys a little bit better. I enjoyed this album so very much. It is a full-length doom metal instrumental excursion. A masterful funeral march, so to speak. It puts you in this deep headspace and opens the third eye. Just a peep. Just a peek. Like, just a glance. And like some beautiful metal moth, you emerge sweaty and fulfilled. But, due to the fact that I don't have much more to say about boating at the moment, because there was no information for me, I'm going to recommend... That you, the listener, go and see if you can find any information about these guys. Boating. B-O-D-I-N-G. Look them up. See if you can find anything. And if you find anything, please hit us up at the Metal Forge or Athena 
for Metal Mischief or Thrashers and Destroyers and let me know. Let us know. Because these guys are badass. And I just want to know a little bit more about them. So for now, that is going to be some metal homework for all of you guys. Definitely. So normally at this part, I am going to smoke weed and drink bourbon, but I am not in my studio right now, so I cannot partake of the marijuana right now. But I do have bourbon in front of me. Yes. So Mark. Yeah. Ah ha ha. Give me one second. Let me take this sip. Yeah, and for all the listeners out there, what you can do is if you do find out any info on any band that we've either mentioned or, hey, somebody you want to suggest for a review or interview on the Metal Forge, just shoot me an email at metalforgeradio at gmail.com. Or, yeah, if you got an awesome band and you want us to take a listen to it, and if you don't mind me reviewing you, yeah. send it my way, please. Metal Forge or Earthing, it don't matter. Like, send it our way, because I'm always looking for new bands, and I'm always looking for... But if you send me music, fucking send me some information, too. Damn it. That's a good idea. Yes, please. Mark was actually showing me earlier these bands that package these awesome little zines and things. Oh, yeah. In their, in their albums. And that's so fucking cool. I love, you know, that's such a 70s thing. Right. And which we're about to go into here in a minute. Um, that started back in the 70s. And that was a way of promoting themselves. It was like little mini comics and the little zines and things that they did. And I love the fact that bands are still doing that. Oh, yeah. It's total underground at this point. And just to be able to have something to go along with the music, whether it be a lyric sheet or or whatever, just even a little, you know, something that you might have been featured in, you know, that's a little independent zine. That's totally rad stuff. Or even if you photocopy the motherfucker and send it to us. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Like, that's cool as fuck, man. Let us DIY. Let us help you. You know, we can all help each other in this community. Like, yes. send us some cool shit. We will do shout outs and we will take care of you as long as you keep making awesome music. Definitely. So you mentioned something about the 70s. Mm-hmm. And since we're talking about a band from Brighton, UK, how about we travel? You know, it's about it's about 138 miles or so, 140 miles up the road to Birmingham. Birmingham. The home of heavy metal. The home of black Sabbath. That's the perfect tie-in, Mark. Thank you. Because that brings us to part two. Throwback tracks. Throwback tracks. It's bonus track time. Plug in the 8-track. Metal mischief. Bowls over metal from the 70s. Speaking of what Mark was just saying, you know, we can say that metal was defined by the 70s, especially in the UK. I mean, Sabbath undeniably was like what started the movement for metal, like logistically and and just how do I want to say that? It wasn't just like the music, but the feeling that Sabbath brought to everybody. Right. Was completely different than anything that was out there. And it really like, it was okay to bring out the darker side of yourself. It was okay to like, be a little on the 
the outskirts of normality, you well, know. And I think it was a thing with like you know with like the war and stuff going on that they were very just real world, like real emotion players. You know, yeah. they they I think for me, for example, Black Sabbath taught me that it's okay to to be depressed, you know, because it's part of life, you know. And it's mm-hmm. okay to have, you know, every day under the sun, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's always that. It's it's that's what it is to me. Right. That's yeah, exactly. That's exactly it, Mark. Yeah, you got it, man. And I'm sure Sabbath makes us all like realize you know, our mortality and stuff and they just brought it to us in a uh, different format than like there's a lot of like sad songs in the 50s and the 60s about mm-hmm. death and stuff but they were like they like that like happy music behind it and you're like wait a minute this is like a juxtaposition to like how I'm actually feeling I'm not fucking like oh you know oh, is there any? no it's not fucking butterflies and bullshit no it's doom and gloom and it's fucking right <laughs> it feels like shit and, you know, the 60s just covered up our feelings about the doom and the gloom and the sadness and the strife and the depression. And in the 70s, these bands were like, oh, no, like this, this, you know, we're going to bring this up from the roots of what it is. And uh, that's the perfect transition for it, because the 60s were so bubblegum, happy bullshit, even though they were talking about like. You know, people getting run over on motorcycles and murdered and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, but it was so like, everything's fine. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is fine. It sucks. (laughs) 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 But no, in reality, everything is going to be fine. Of course. But, you know, that is a perfect transition to what I'm talking about, though. Like how the 70s bloomed metal. The 70s bloomed the the uh, emotional how do I want to say that it opened up a lot of things for people I'm sure oh yeah I know you and I are just under that age where we weren't there for the movement right. but I'm actually going to get to that when I talk about my dad here in a minute yeah because you know? he was there for like the rise of metal so I mean we can say you know that Metal was defined by the 1970s. Yeah. The basic structure and building blocks that led to bands like boating at a time when rules relax and having an acid laden, free spirited attitude towards um, music allowed for rebellion and rebirth of the music, creating a whole new genre, fucking heavy metal. A genre that took the hard edge sound of the late 60s, as we were just talking about, where they, they were bubblegummy and then they started feeling they started feeling it towards the late 60s, you know. And then, of course, in the early 70s, that's when Sabbath came along. So, you know, it was a genre that took the hard edge sound of the late 60s bands such as Cream and The Who, you know, that manipulated the guitars and amplifiers to bend to the mercy of metal. Not that anyone called it metal back then, though. It was rock fused with blues, jazz, and psychedelica. Oh, and a whole lot of fucking attitude. It was an era of pioneers. Giants were birthed by drugs, drums, monsters, loose women, 
Satan. Oh, and the amplifier. (laughs) I mean, we know of our usual suspects. The undeniably immortalized bands that took the risk, dealt with the hearsay, fought against the public norms that took all of us to that realm of riffs. Black Sabbath dominated the 70s with Paranoid, Master of Reality, Black Sabbath, Sabby Bloody Sabbath Bloody Sabbath? Sabby bloody Sabby. Sabby bloody Sabby. Sabby bloody Sabbath. <laughs> and then my favorite, you know, volume four. Yes. Which I believe is Mark's favorite it too. Is. Yeah. It's very much my favorite. That that's fucking album was so heavy. I mean, holy fuck, that album was so heavy. Was... Yeah, they were on Coke the whole time. <laughs> Space Coke? <laughs> no. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, in the folds of that, though, we had Judas Priest, Alice Cooper, Finn Lizzy, Kiss, Motorhead, yeah. ACDC, and Rainbow. And, and lots more, you know, but those, of course, are our top our top tiers that we're talking about. But I want to dive into some amazing bands that even to this day do not really get considered metal, so to speak. And I would be very curious what bands you think were metal marauders back in the day, too. Because, of course, I only have so much time I can't gush on and on, which Mark knows I will fucking do, especially when (laughs) drinking bourbon. So I'm going to keep this short and simple. I would like to begin by saying that I even think some songs by, like, the animals could be considered heavy. Some pieces written in medieval times, renaissance times, can all in some way, like, show the growth and flourishing nature of metal and its place in our social norms. My father was a metalhead before metalhead was actually a thing. I grew up listening to so many amazing bands, and thanks to my father's taste in music, at the time it was called rock and roll. I'm doing the finger, quotey finger things again, because it's rock and roll. I fell in love with rock and roll, a.k.a. metal. And I dove in hard and heavy, let me tell you. Bands such as Uriah Heep. I mean, holy shit, man. Every time I go to karaoke, I have to do stealing. <laughs> Every time. That song's so awesome and so heavy. Deep Purple. I mean, look at Machine Head, man. That album is prelude to so many band boners. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Budgie. UFO. Blue Oyster Cult. All laden with that bluesy doom acid influence that made metal groovy and doomy at the same time. Montrose, Fen Lizzy, Nazareth, soothing your sinful ways with raspy vocals and sexy six strings. Prog rock legends, Lucifer's friend, Pentagram, and Captain Beyond could all be considered melodic metal 
Marauders. In addition, throwing Sir Lord Baltimore in there just to add like a butt, of, uh, you know, a butt. Boy, I'm going Freudian all over the place tonight. You are. Just <laughs> to add a bit of punk influence <laughs> to the fold. Right. <laughs> I mean, all of these bands have contributed something very special to the memory and the history of heavy metal. Influencing so many new houses of metal that it actually feels like it's getting a bit crowded. It feels impossible to keep up with all of the amazing metal bands and subgenes of metal, but that's what I'm actually circling around to. How metal started with a handful of rebels. And then look at us now with so many like, you know, so many facets. Facets, that's the perfect word. Thank you. Yeah. So many facets of metal now. You know, it's it's pretty amazing to me when I sit down and I really start to think about shit. And I've often thought about sitting down and making like a metal tree, like a family tree. And holy fuck, I'd dedicate half my life to that by this point. Oh yeah. It's it'd be insane. You know. But that's where I'm going with this whole thing though. Just like where are we now? Where we started in the 70s when it wasn't even considered metal yet. And look at the metal community now. It's pretty fucking amazing, I have to say. I just want to wrap everything up, though, with one of my favorite bands, Jethro Tull. Formed in Blackpool, England in 1967, they initially just played blues rock and like jazz fusion you know, kind of thing. Uh, the band incorporated elements of like English folk music and classical music, forging a signature prog rock sound that always teetered on the edge of some seriously heavy shit, though. I mean, literally, go and listen to Aqualung. Like, I mean, that whole album is so fucking heavy. Thick as a brick? Heavy. Those albums are heavy, man. Oh, yeah. You know, and then you had Ian running around like a fucking madman on stage, which just, like, added to the whole, like, you know, because we would later go on to see all kinds of amazing metal bands where the lead singers just ran around like a fucking madman on stage. Yes, I'm talking about you, Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> but I fucking love you. <laughs> I fucking love Ian, too, man. I, I think Jethro Tull was amazing. And they will always be one of my favorite heavy metal bands. So, that's it for Throwback Tracks. Now, it's time for Athena's five-shot review. Here are the rules if you've been sleeping through class. Five shots! I needed five shots to get through the motherfucker. Four shots. Meh. Could have used some oomph. Three shots. Good. Made me air drum and bang my head. Two shots. Really good. Put that shit in the glove box for traveling. One shot. Excellent. I'll probably have a bang over in the morning. So, insert shitty drum roll. I give boating... Circular Ruins, two shots. Really good. Yeah. Put 
that shit in the glove box for traveling. So, until we meet again, have a most excellent time. And remember, keep it heavy and keep it retro. You know what? I really enjoy Athena coming in here to the actual Metal Forge studio and recording these with me because it's so rad. You know, I she gets so animated and is like throwing her hands around and being just like, hey, 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 you know, and it's so funny that I'm like over here waiting for her to in- include me in the conversation and I'm just sitting there trying not to laugh my ass off. It's just great because it's good times, you know, it's bourbon, it's, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. It's, it's awesome conversation. So anyway, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. This is from Cramp. This is Night Witches. Metalheads, this time we're coming across the ocean to uh, Spain, and I have Mina Walker from the band Cramp here in the Metal Forge. Mina, how are you? I'm really good to be here. Thanks for having me. I know. It's been like a long time coming, I think. I know for the last couple of years, I've followed you guys on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, so how, how are things? How is, how is the metal scene in Spain? Um... I mean, like, 
right now worldwide i think it's complex because you know covid war and stuff like that but uh i think the spanish scene is quite strong somehow uh it's been like that for the last decade or so but it seems like uh, recently there's been like a new generation of bands and i think i'm very proud <laughs> because there are many small festivals many heavy metal clubs that are trying to put um, you know their own events and stuff like that and it's pretty cool for sure and it's always nice to I, have a lot of stuff like that going on yeah of course i'm i'm only talking about um, you know the more underground heavy metal scene because that's the sound that i care about not like black metal or more stream or or even those modern sounds of course there are many festivals huge festivals uh dedicated to those but i only focus on heavy metal i'm sorry no no don't that, be sorry that's at what all. matters to me <laughs> for sure and you know there is a huge underground scene you know where you have such awesome bands like you know seven sisters and haunt and savage master and all of those awesome uh, night mm -hmm. demon all of those bands that are still to me yeah, they're still underground enough to where, you know, they're not playing like giant, giant festivals like Bloodstock or anything like that. I mean, they're close mm -hmm. to it, but it still feels close to home. Actually, you mentioned Seven Sisters and right uh, yesterday they announced a small mini tour here in Spain, three gigs. And, and yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see those bands moving and playing and slowly everything coming back to normal in terms of activity because i missed the shows very much oh very much yeah I, we all did yeah. i know <laughs> oh but, absolutely yeah. yeah and and that's cool that seven sisters announced that they were doing like a little mini mini tour there because i know kyle was living there for a while yes so. i think he is still living here i, I i'm not sure but uh i've i heard that yeah yes I believe he got stranded there during COVID. Like he was there on on holiday, and then everything shut down. And he's like, "Well, I guess I live here now." <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds like like something that may happen because everything was a nightmare. I I almost got stuck in Greece. Oh, I wow. was going. Yeah, I went to Greece to to up the Hammers Festival, um, and the festival didn't happen. And I was like. What is going on? I have no idea. Every every place was denying the existence the existence of COVID back then. Uh, it was not official. So then I started to receive a lot of messages from Spain, like, "Hey, you may get stuck there. Please come back right now because um, if you come on Sunday, um, everything is going to be closed." and you will not be able to to come back so yes that was stressing wow uh, but i managed to to come back but there was many people that got stuck in in different places and that was a nightmare very much i know quite a few people from from america that were going there for that as well and the similar mm -hmm. situation had happened oh to them. yes i actually was with the guys of uh back then uh stellar and other bands and from I, I think I saw the guys from Smolder and Einwer and Throne of Iron as well. Well, they didn't even make it to to Greece. They got back, and I think it was in Austria or something like that. And the 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 they they took them back. Like you cannot travel anymore, so go back to USA. Right. Yeah, I, I believe Tucker from Throne of Iron. Were just, he and I were talking about that where it happened to him. Yes, that was um I was I was following and like 
I'm going to see you. What are, uh, are you going to come? And, and no, no, <laughs> they didn't make it like it was stressful. So bad. So tell everybody out in Metal Forge land about Cramp. Well, it's a heavy metal band, very typical heavy metal sound, traditional, with that epic atmosphere that, uh, you know, in back in the 80s, mostly they use power metal sound, bands like Manowar, Virgin Steel, Warlord, going for the most obscure, and also with a lot of influence from the European bands, obviously the huge bands such as Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, but also a lot of the German heavy metal I'm a huge fan of bands like Grave Digger, Running Wild, Heaven's Gate, that type of, of stuff. And uh, yes, so I write a lot of epic heavy metal inspired tracks. <laughs> Definitely. And see, that to me, and when it shows here on like the metal archives that you all started around 2010. Yeah, I, I mean, like, um, it's been a while. But to be honest, I don't know the starting point because. Um, it's always been me wanting to do something and dragging my brother with me. Right. <laughs> so we don't have an exact date because I we always try to be on bands, be active, try to find the right people, which was impossible and still is impossible. <laughs> so um, back in 2010, there was a, a more established point when we were able to work with some people and try to be on our rehearsal room like proper bands. <laughs> and we were playing some shows and stuff like that so i think we put that date to put something because Definitely. you know it, it's messy right but the thing about that is is what the, the reason why i bring up the 2010 date is because with the style of music that you all play that you're almost like the first wave of this like uh, traditional resurgence uh yes um back then I was obsessed with uh, doing traditional heavy metal because it's my it's my everything. He traditional heavy metal is the thing that I love the most in the world. And back then there was this huge wave of European power metal that has nothing to do with US power metal. Very cheesy, very happy, very I don't like it. And the symphonic uh, more more symphonic stuff and that's that they were calling gothic metal that has nothing to do with gothic. A scene and um, on the other hand, there was more bands like um, Arcanemy and stuff like that with that melodic death metal that um, I don't enjoy. Well, well, I I respect, but I don't go for. And um, of course, when I was starting and I was like mentioning what I wanted to do, most of the people were like, "Oh, so you're doing power metal?" And it's like, no, not what you think power metal is. Because obviously they had no idea what US power metal was, what epic heavy metal is, or stuff like that. Now there's more open culture and the internet is wider compared to those dates. Back then it was a fucking nightmare. And obviously I'm a girl trying to sing metal. And of course the comparisons were like, so you're trying to do Nightwish or stuff like that. And it's so far from that type of music and dance that um, it was a hard beginning. Yes, it was very hard <laughs> oh, to, to try to expose what my idea was, uh, my influences, my goal. It was a nightmare. <laughs> Definitely. And I can only imagine how hard it could actually be for a 
uh, a female vocalist in a band, especially wanting to do like power metal and and things like that, because I think a lot of women get lumped into like an Amy Lee of F- of Evanescence yes. category. Yes, like, of course. And back then I was uh, going well, before that because I I was trying to find the right people and still didn't form my band. I was going to vocal lessons. And obviously, my my vocal teacher had no idea what metal was, except nothing else matters by Metallica or stuff like that. <laughs> Very basic, right? So she was trying her best. She was honestly trying her best. But the songs that she tried to put for me were Evanescence Nelson's with Amy Lee. And uh, no, right. not for me. I mean, like, I respect any kind of music, anyone making music has my full respect because this is a hard life and I love music, even if I don't enjoy that type of music. But um, no, I didn't feel comfortable. It wasn't for me. It was not what I aim for in terms of, uh, you know, reaching my full potential. And, and yeah, <laughs> So it was frustrating because I was trying to explain them and they had no idea. <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> to, I- this day, to this day, it's very hard. Oh, to make them understand. And let's be honest, right now uh, with the internet, we, you and I are talking and we know, we've, we, ha- we have mentioned so many bands already that are closer to my leader world. But the reality is that with Facebook, Instagram, and all social media, we feel less lonely compared to 10 years ago when I, well, more than 10 years ago when I was trying to put this band together. Back then I felt very lonely because... I was trying to do traditional heavy metal and there was not not many bands or I wasn't aware of bands being active because the internet wasn't that wide. And right now we feel more protected, but it's not how the world works, actually. Uh, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Because no, absolutely <laughs> I do. And yeah. you're, you're absolutely right with that is... You know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever, you know, in my case, for my deal, 15 or so years ago, yeah, there was so many bands out there that you just didn't know about because even with the internet, it was still a fraction of what it is today. Mm-hmm. Because yes. today you can't get on any social media platform and not see something from a band that you follow or anything like that. But, but you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, it was a lot more, it was a lot harder to do. Yeah, it was very obscure. For example, you know, um, Enforcer, which were pretty active back then, I had no idea they existed until uh, some years later uh, because it was mm, very isolated. Even if I was into the heavy metal underground scene, but um, it was, it was close. It was very close and um, close in terms of, of, not not near. I mean, very. Um, what's the word? Like um, I don't know. You know, like like it was very far away. Right. Very very distant. Definitely. It's always interesting when you find out about bands that you know that they've been around for say they've been around for ten years, but you just come you just discover them. Yes, and of course. That's it's, always it's, interesting to me because you're just. I'm one of the guys who has to sit there and. I might hear them hear somebody on their third or fourth album or EP or whatever, and I'm like, I've got to go back to the beginning. What did this? Yeah, start I'm out? the same. I, I need to check the whole discography because you know bands change, and you may be missing a fucking amazing album or 
other or, or the opposite way. <laughs> but uh, I like to check the whole material of a band because you cannot judge a band just based on one song or one album, one EP. I need to check everything and see if I can turn into the the biggest fan or not. <laughs> I think you can only do that with one band, and that's ACDC. I don't like ACDC. <laughs> and, if, and if you're going to, to, to ask me about my unpopular opinions, that was one of my options. Because <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I absolutely hate ACDC. I think they're the one band that everybody can sit there and say they can hear them in 1975 or 2005 or 2015 and they're gonna be like yep that's acdc it's all the same yeah yeah the sound i i I gotta i gotta give them that that credit because no mistake acdc (laughs) right that same song over and over again (laughs) oh sure hey let me tell you guys about mercenary press They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy. And they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats. They're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. You said you drag your brother around doing yes. this, and, and, and he is obviously the bass player. Yes, he is. Now, you all are kind of between members right now, correct? Oh, yes. We've always been, so no surprise. (laughs) (laughs) So how is the member search coming along? Um, Tedious, not going to lie, but um, my point of view, my philosophy with this has changed so much over the years. I've learned so much how to handle this. Uh, Back in the day, I was obsessed with having a full lineup uh, because I didn't know any other way. I thought that was the only way uh, of working. And um, I was living in Valencia, which is a very small city. And we are not even from there. We are from a very small village. So I didn't know anyone. My social skills suck. There are no metalheads there. So it was very complicated to find a lineup. But I tried my best. Back then, we kind of did something. And we put together some people. And we were able to play and do stuff. But I was so obsessed that I moved to Madrid. 
And then I found more people and we were doing stuff for a while. And it was easier because Madrid is a huge city. During the COVID, I had to move to another place because I am a nomad. And again, more lineup changes and stuff like that. But to be honest, I'm the one... (laughs) Oh, I, I'm the band, um, along with my brother. I write all the stuff, uh, so I don't care if I have someone around me or not. So I decided to kind of change my way of working. And instead of focusing of, on live concerts, which I realized during the COVID that it was not that, that important because back then it was impossible to tour, um, to focus and keep doing more material and writing songs and stuff like that, and count maybe with someone that will record the material and, you know, uh, people for live lineups instead of a full band committed to the band and giving their lives for this music because that's impossible, let's be honest. I am, I'm not Iron Maiden. I cannot pay, like, a proper <laughs> salary to musicians to make them worth experience, you know? Right. Um, like... The, what what I can give is not enough for them to dedicate their whole life and energy for the band. That's what I mean. And so yeah, that I'm relaxed with the with the lineup, and I'm only thinking about that. About um, on one side a live lineup, which is easier but still very tricky. And on the other hand, I'm still doing my material. We are still preparing songs for studio, and that's easier even if you don't have a lineup. So, yeah, I don't know if that explained the whole thing. I hope it did. Yeah, absolutely it does. So, you know, having a live band, I know there's tons of people out there who have that going on for them already. I mean, you know, Chris from High Spirits, he writes and records everything. Trevor Church uh, writes and records everything. And they have the live band. And, yeah, it's the core group of people that they've been there since, like, the beginning type stuff. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a totally cool thing to have, especially if you have the ability to do all of that. Yeah, for example, um, one of my biggest influences on that topic, and he has recently talked about this very, very much on social media and stuff like that in a public way, is Jeff Waters from uh, Annihilator. Oh, yeah. He's he's the band, uh, as simple as that. And so many people don't understand that maybe some bands... It's just one or two persons doing everything, and they are the heart and and you know the the thing that keeps that project moving. And the the rest of the people that is on on the band or has been or stuff like that is just people that has been there and they did their work and amazing and blah blah blah. But it's not the band. Definitely. <laughs> and it sounds very harsh to accept because you know. Um, it's complicated and people are very sensitive. For example, cover spell Sonia Nubis, she had a lot of lineup changes recently and many people were bashing her. And I was like, why? She is the heart and soul of her band and she needs to find musicians to work. And if someone doesn't work on, on or doesn't fit on the band, it's okay. It's her project, period. Right. This is not a family. This is not a friend reunion. I mean... If, if there is a good vibe and we are all friends, perfect, amazing, better, uh, the situation will go more smooth. But um, this should be normalized, the idea that a band may not be a band, just one person behind working. 
everything and then some people doing their things. Definitely. And I think that's more and more common nowadays with, you know, the It's more exposed. I think that this has been from ages and ages and ages, but uh, you know, the there was a a very ignorant relief, I think. Uh, because there are many bands like Judas Priest, they are meeting with a more solid lineup and some people only see that. But there are others like I mentioned, Running Wild, Gravedigger and many other examples. Or if you go with uh, uh, bigger bands, um, I don't know, Rainbow, Rainbow, for example. Mm-hmm. Rainbow is Richie Blackmore and I'm a huge Rainbow fan and I love every era and I think Vio was amazing on Rainbow and Joey Lynn Turner was amazing on Rainbow, but they were the singers of that moment, and the band was Richie Blackmore, period. Right. Period. No, I agree with you 100%. You know, even with the, even on the Black Sabbath debate there, you know, I still exactly. think, exactly. you know, I think, uh, especially through the 70s, you know, Tony and Geezer were Black Sabbath. And yeah. Exactly. I, and I, and no matter what, you, you, you know, uh, there's been so many singer singers on Black Sabbath, and uh, obviously the sound changes, but uh, okay, Dio had that strong personality that filtered everywhere and uh, every band or project that he was in basically turned into Dio. Let's be honest. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, the heart and soul of the band wasn't Tony Martin, the best singer of Black Sabbath. <laughs> Dio, Ozzy, uh, n- no, no, it was the two guys that you mentioned period yep. and and that's it because it was their project and uh, sometimes it doesn't even matter who puts the name like in the case of um no i was going to mention accept but that doesn't count because i'm conflicted you know that's another story <laughs> definitely i'm just glad uh that you you totally hit on the tony martin era about being the best singer for black yeah so, yeah i mean i'm i'm a huge 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 fan of dio any time that if we're talking about about Black Sabbath, Tony Martin wins, period, because he can sing the whole catalog of of stuff and and yeah, amazing singer, amazing range, amazing charisma. Definitely. And amazing material as well, because those albums are forgotten. <laughs> Very much. And I do like Power Metal Sabbath with Tony Martin. Mm-hmm. So that's always like, wow, somebody says Tony Martin. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh, I know they're not listening to the show, but they need to be, damn it, they need to be putting that, the IRS recordings out, the Tony Martin era stuff. They need to remaster that stuff. That guy needs respect and needs to be more more respected. Uh, That's the only thing that I can say because he's so so amazing and yeah Very people much so. only remembers the uh, and you know this huge battle that for some reason uh the metal world needs to be divided between oc era and dio era and it's like tommy martin wins everything period and i'm a huge again i need to to bring this out again i'm a huge dio fan i love their records with dio heaven and hell is probably one of my favorite songs times but yeah the debate is like that <laughs> well i think with them they've always had exceptional singers ozzy was mm-hmm. great dio was great gillen was great you know uh, tony martin's great yes and even for the the two night event 
two two shows, Rob Halford singing for them. They've always had somebody with like you know a powerful voice, which is so good. If I'm not wrong, for example, they counted with John maybe or some other singers, and yeah, only amazing vocalist all the time. I mean, Ozzy had his own mm, limitations, let's call it like that, but. His charisma is so strong that it doesn't matter how well he can sing in terms of uh, technique and stuff like that, because he is Ozzy Osbourne in period. <laughs> right, for sure. So, what's coming up next? Are you all? I know you all put out the album in 2020. Yes. Are you all currently yes. working on something new? I'm always working on something new, and you know the lineup change this time was uh, slow and tedious as fuck. I'm not going to lie. Uh, because, yeah, mm, it was one people at a time, and I didn't even bother to find musicians, let's be honest. And I was still working on new stuff. I'm always working on new stuff, no matter what's going on behind the scenes, because, yeah, I, I like to write songs. Uh, but um, I took some time to kind of relax, uh, because it was a very stressful moment, and... Even though I had many songs ready, even before Gods of Death was released, I already had like four, some albums. Um, because, you know, it's been a while since the band was formed to the point when the album was released. So I had a lot of time to write songs. <laughs> so now I'm, we are preparing on some stuff and I don't know when because we are taking it easy. My work uh, methods have changed. And I'm not thinking of an album right now. Like I've, I, I have an album on mind, but my priority is to go on the singles, releasing uh, singles, you know. Definitely. And and taking it taking it easy because um, putting a full album together can be very stressful. And putting just one song each time, even if it belongs to a full album, it's something that can help to to you know the workflow and the mental health and everything so yeah definitely it does and yeah there's there's always time to do it and you know just because you you write and record something now doesn't mean that in 2 years it can't be put on a full length album yeah no i my, my plans are to do it uh when sooner or I hope so, but uh, you know, expectations and dates and stuff like that. Uh, I'm very used to shit happening all the time, unexpectedly, unexpectedly, or whatever you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm good at at improvising and adapting and overcoming. Uh, so right now, I put my goals all over the place, and I keep trying to conquer them. So my first goal, uh, we are working on a new single. I don't know when it's going to be released. Luckily, I don't have any pressure. We can decide any time. So we are preparing that also because <laughs> during the pandemic, um, my brother fell. Uh, he had an, an accident and he broke his elbow on one arm and the clavicle on the other Oh, my gosh. Arm. That was awful. And it was a terrible episode. And he's still uh, waiting for a surgery. So our plans are kind of more relaxed uh, in based of that because, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to record another song or so we are taking small steps each time and waiting 
for the fucking hospital to call us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hopefully that that happens soon for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. So it's going very slowly, but uh yeah, hopefully soon. Definitely. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. So I'm going to go ahead and break away into some general profile questions about you. Okay. You know, these are, I always say this, I have to give the spiel. These are just general life questions. They could be music related if you wanted to put that on it. They could be mm-hmm. just whatever. Okay. Did your childhood shape you into who you are today? Of course, of course. Um, and I'm a firm believer that uh, I need to thank every fucking moment of my life, the worst ones especially, especially uh, because otherwise I will not be the person that I am and that I am today, and I'm very proud of who I am. <laughs> I'm not going to lie or be humble about it. I'm very proud of who I am and uh, my child, my childhood. Of course, I think it can shape it. It's, it's, I mean, it's childhood is where when people develop. So yes, of course, it shaped me a lot. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Have you ever had a roommate, and if so, a what? Uh, sorry. A roommate, someone, someone who lived with you. Ah, oh well. Like um, where you shared, where you shared housing with, like a friend. No, like a friend. No, right now I'm living with my boyfriend, but uh, I'm the, I, I, I'm a hermit. I'm very antisocial. So when I was 18, I moved away, and my dream was to live alone on my own cave and not see anyone. <laughs> uh, so I lived many years alone, and now I'm living with my boyfriend. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Right no, on. no roommates. No roommates. I hated that idea. Actually, I, there was a very obscure time of my life when I was almost forced to share a house with someone, and that was a very stressful moment for me. And I'm so glad did, that didn't happen because I was my anxiety was over the roof. 
Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of roommates in my time and just like, no. I, I, I definitely like the solitude. You know, living with a significant other is one thing, you know, but, yeah. but living with like your friends, you know, I, I quickly realize I, I, realized I it's admire, not I, I very much admire the people who are capable of because my social skills are terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I cannot. No, I cannot think about that. That sounds like my worst nightmare, honestly. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 rough. <laughs> this is an interesting one. <laughs> I just draw these at random, so please. <laughs> yeah, nice, uh, cool, cool. Keep it, keep it coming. <laughs> if you were pregnant, where would be the worst place to go into labor? I mean, like being pregnant, that sounds like a like a nightmare already. Like no, but uh, <laughs> right. like uh, okay, like imagine being on a on a on a public like the biggest street of a city, oh. crowded as fuck. Like I I used to live in Madrid, like the principal street there, but on Christmas, full of people. Because I, as I told, I'm very antisocial. My social skills suck. So the attention for me, um, you know, on on daily stuff is very much overwhelming. So Im just imagining that, like all the people talking to me and being like crowding me. No, 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 nope. no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I rather I rather give birth on a dirty toilet on a bar or something like that. But <laughs> oh wow! Oh, rather, oh than God, the, the, rather than on the rather than on the on the busy yes, public yes, street yes. and cut my own cord and, and I, I, with my teeth, I I don't know anything, but um, no people. That's <laughs> metal as fuck, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that is metal. That is a metal as fuck answer. <laughs> if you were given a thousand dollars to spend on your closest friend, what would you get for them? Um, on my closest friend, um. Probably guitar-related stuff. Because, right on. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, because, hey, the gift of yeah. music is great. Yeah. <laughs> what is one thing you would be really disappointed in if you never got to experience? Um, traveling more for concerts. Like, I mean, um, outside Spain, I mean. Like, I've been to UK playing and... That was awesome, but I really want to go to other countries of at least Europe. I want to travel over the all over the world and via some festival which is dedicated to underground heavy metal and I want to play there. Fuck. Call me. Festivals. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> See that that's my thing too. Honestly for me, I I wanna go overseas and play. And not just necessarily play, just I wanna go to I'm not big on like giant festival shows, like three, four day things, mm. but like I would totally be down for like a day somewhere, you know, going Here, to a, a day I, at Wacken. Yes. Like, I mean, I don't know there, like, I know there are some festivals that I want to go, like uh, one day festivals or maybe two. Um, I don't remember their names. Sorry. Uh, but here in Europe is pretty popular, more on the underground heavy metal scene. Like there are many uh, small festivals that, only last one day and uh yeah i think that's a good experience because more days it's overwhelming and exhausting and again if, it's, if on, it's, it's on the social thing yeah if it's riff and good 
that's enough. <laughs> Definitely. I think, you know, for me personally, a one-day festival, because when I started going to, to shows and, and started doing things like OzFest and things like that, that mm. th- they were only one day. And yeah, you got to you know you could had the chance to see like twenty five bands or whatever, yeah. but but when you apply that to you know twenty five bands or, or thirty bands per day that you can, it's it's a lot and it can be overwhelming and it's yes and you yes get, I, I mean I'm not the biggest fan of uh, massive festival culture and there there are many huge festivals here that last for many days and they crowd the bands and you don't get to see any. You don't really get to, to see any. I only went once uh, many years ago, and it was great. It was a nice experience, but I missed some bands that I really wanted to see. First of all, because there were many bands playing at the same time, and second, because I was exhausted, and I was ready to collapse, uh, because three days is a lot. It's a lot, and even if you are the most healthy person in the world, which I am, I don't drink or do drugs or anything, uh, it's just too much. There is so much heat. You cannot sleep very very well. You cannot sleep at all. And um, there is so much activity going on, and you don't get to enjoy the bands. I remember watching Accept right when they were presenting Mac Tornillo, and <laughs> I was enjoying it a lot. But I was I uh, there, there is an anecdote that I need to tell. Pete Bel- Baltes estaba. Uh, um, I'm, I'm talking in Spanish. Nope. Nope. The bass player was looking at me and I was like, yes, I'm a, a big fan of, of Accept. And he was trying to throw the picks to me to grab it. And I was so tired. I was on first row and I was so tired that I was trying to reach with my hand and failing each time. And he threw three picks and I missed all of them. And that was pathetic. And, and he smiled at me. And he he made a, a a sign with his shoulders like yeah, so like, bad. Where he shrugs, yeah. <laughs> but I was feeling like I was falling asleep, and I was trying my best to to keep head banging. And but, but I was I was very tired. I was very tired. Definitely, I get that because like I went to see Metallica last September. It mm-hmm. uh, at a festival called Louder Than Life here in in Kentucky. And it was just so awful hot. And getting there, you know, the band starts at like 11 in the morning. And it was a Sunday show. And it was just so freaking hot. And being in the pit for Metallica is already rough as it is when you've got got (laughs) 35,000 people at a show. And it's just, oh... (laughs) I have an anecdote about that as well, um, because I am a grandma and I really like to tell anecdotes everywhere. So um, many years ago, that was actually, I think, the same year or maybe the, the previous year to that festival, uh, they were playing Judas Priest, Saxon and Motorhead, because, you know, Judas Priest were retired. They said, we're not going to play anymore. So I was like, oh, my God, I need to see Judas Priest. Fuck Judas Priest because they did not retire, you know. The thing is that they were playing, obviously, in a massive place. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say in English, but, you know, the bull places of Spain, which is huge. And um, that was at 4 p.m. on Spanish summer. I'm from the north of Spain, which is way cooler 
compared to the rest of the country. Um, and Madrid was fucking hot but back then. And um, so I arrived there. And before the first band started, I collapsed. And they had to take me to the back part of the of the place. And I missed the, the first band. Aww. I missed part of the second band. Uh, I saw a bit of Motorhead, but I'm, I completely missed Saxon. And yeah, yeah, there was so much heat there. The smell of sweat was awful. That was the fucking worst smell ever. Yes. Like Spanish armpits sweating. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, <laughs> On that, summer, that was that terrible and and yeah but it was a fun anecdote I, yeah i can tell it right now on, on a radio show see <laughs> that that to me was like the same thing with like metallica was like yeah. the smell in the pit was so awful that it's you know, terrible ex- especially on like an all-day show because people don't want to lose their spot they yeah, they do nasty terrible, things. Yeah. They 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 use the bathroom and in stuff, and it's uh, just like oh, it's they, so awful. But and and we are we we are we are not the snowflakes. We are metalheads. We are used to metal best with patches smelling like fucking rotting vinegar right. <laughs> and tears and shit like that. And so so yeah. But uh, there's a limit to the human nose. <laughs> oh oh, absolutely. I. <laughs> I had like it was the craziest thing in the world because I crowd surfed out of Metallica, um, and I'm a big dude, and and me crowd surfing is pretty unheard of. It's the first time I ever done it. <laughs> but as soon as I got thrown over the rail into security, it was the coolest air and the freshest air I think I'd <laughs> ever smelled in my life <laughs> because it was so bad in the pit. Salvation, salvation. So I I'm a tiny tiny person. So my nose gets kind of in the way of other armpits. Let's just oh, say yeah. that. So it's a smelly and it's, <laughs> it's I, terrible. I can understand that. <laughs> Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com bigcartel.com Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. 
head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. I have one more question to ask you on, on the show, yep. but before we do, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? Um, thank you to you, to the Metal Forge for oh, having me here. Now. It's been awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed the talk and yeah, shout out to you. <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for coming on to the show. It's been awesome. My pleasure. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I always am, you know, I'm interested in giving everybody a forum to, to talk about their art and their music and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's very easy to see that you do it with passion and because you love the music and the art and then yeah it's it's awesome <laughs> well, awesome real. thank you so much uh as always links will be listed below so please give a like a share and a follow uh check out some of the other stuff because mina also does artwork for bands and stuff as, as well and she also has an awesome youtube page where she does some vocal covers yeah so those will be listed below as well awesome so, <laughs> support so, us on social media because it's really important those, these days it is and, uh, yeah <laughs> definitely and always you know there will always be a link to a Bandcamp page so always go to the Bandcamp page and pick up a copy yeah. of the album uh, of whatever you can on there merch albums uh, everybody lists so many different things check them out Yes, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Bandcamp format, so yeah, please support us, support us there. <laughs> oh, I I am as well, and most of the people that I I pick up, you know, pretty much, you know, unless they're assigned band to somewhere, they actually have a great. Everybody tends to have a great Bandcamp page, so. Yes, it's it's been an amazing help, and I'm very grateful uh, of that type of platforms existing these days because I honestly don't know. What will I be doing without, you know, Van Camp and stuff like that? So, yeah, I'm very grateful. Oh, absolutely. So, final question of the day. Yeah. Is what is the best thing to happen to you this year? Oh, this year. Um, oh, my God. It's been a, a very interesting year. Like, uh, I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's yet to come. Yeah, I hope so because it's been a rough year. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, but um I don't know. We we got to well, yeah, I can name uh, we we were playing on a live show um on July and that was awesome and quite unexpected and uh it was a great experience. So, yeah. I love playing live, so oh. that's my best thing this year. Well, I think live is the ultimate redeeming factor of being a musician. And yes, don't yes, get me wrong, me is. I support anybody who, who gets out and does anything music-wise. Yeah, it might not be my cup of tea, you know. I might not dig, like you were talking about earlier, like certain types of like black metal or anything like that, but I can respect what they do. Yes. But like I think live is ultimately like where it is at. Yes, and uh, for me I think uh you know this past crisis with the covid and stuff like that made many people uh, you know think about their priorities and how to handle their music career and stuff like that. And there were many big names dropping out and <laughs> you know having a fucking crisis because playing live was not possible. Definitely. And yeah, it's very important. I love playing live. I wish I could do it more often, 
sadly, I cannot plan uh, as many um, as many gigs as I, as I wish Hell I could, yeah. but uh, I enjoy it very much. It's time that we play live, and I I will fight for it for sure. Definitely, I agree with that a hundred percent. Mina, thank you so much for coming onto the Metal Forge this week. It has been an awesome conversation. We've got to do this again in the future. When you yes, know, please, because it's been I, awesome. I really enjoyed it. So please have me here anytime that you call me. I'll be here. Definitely, likewise for that. So off of Gods of Death, what do you want to play out today? Um, Speed of Light, for example. All right. Well, you heard her. This is <laughs> Speed of Light. Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called the Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about 
modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro Wrestling! Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.